Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, we're going to look at a lawsuit that little Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice is filing against the state of Georgia over their voting law, and we're going to look at how idiotic he is, this lawsuit is, and the standards they're using, and who they're using as sources. Wait till you hear this. We've got a piece from Bearing Arms about the absolute idiocy and absurdity and asininity of magazine ban laws. Laws that seek to, to curtail the number of uh, bullets you can put in a specific magazine. Again, absolute absurdity because, well, that's what it is. And we're going to look at uh, the dumbest man in America, the guy who Biden wants to put in charge of the ATF, David Chipman, David Chipman. Um, what an absolute moron this guy is and how dangerous this lunatic is at the same time. And we're going to look at the man who has been captured now, who shot a police officer in Daytona Beach in the head. And he was caught at a compound for a white supremacist group actually no it was a black supremacist group but why does the media never talk about the dangers of those groups aren't any supremacist groups any racial supremacist group or religious supremacist group aren't they equally dangerous oh that would be common sense we can't use that anymore under team mumbles president mumbles administration good god what a disaster Thanks, everyone who voted for Biden. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. All that and more, my friends, right now. And welcome once again, my friends, to the Sunday edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thought, episode number 70. That's right, 70 of these you people listen to, and I thank you for it. Now, let's look at something here. Let's start out in Georgia, the birthplace of many of my ancestors and family members. And... The DOJ, the Department of Justice, is suing the state of Georgia 
over voting laws that are actually more generous than in either New York City or Delaware, the home of President Mumbles, Delaware. Uh, <clears throat> very interesting that they're suing these states and are not suing those states, but suing Georgia. Uh, this is posted at A View from the Beach. A very good blog. You should read it often. And Fritz over there has, has taken the time to do the research and dig into this. And again, very revealing, my friends, very revealing. Merrick Garland, of course, is the head of the DOJ now. He looks like Mr. Rogers, but less masculine. We're still talking about Merrick Garland's DOJ plan to sue Georgia over its new voting laws as Teach at Pirates Cove notes the DOJ is going to sue Georgia over the voting law that's less restrictive than the state of Delaware, which is the home of President Mumbles, Joe Biden. Let's do some comparison. For instance, Georgia will formally have 17 days of early voting, while Delaware will have just 10 starting in 2022, and of course that's the midterm elections. Georgia has no excuse mail-in voting. Delaware doesn't. Delaware does require a voter to prove their identification. So you have to have an ID to vote in Delaware, but they're not getting sued over that. But Georgia is. Make any sense on any level? No, it doesn't. Most states, including Delaware, do not allow people to randomly wander around and give people in line food and drink. Of course they don't, because it can very easily be turned from a generous act to an act of tampering, because there is no electioneering within a certain distance, and it is almost considered a bribe. So Georgia has the electioneering law, which the media spent weeks uh, smearing as no one can have food or drink. You're going to make people stand in line and you're not going to be allowed to have drinks or any food. Oh my God, what will grandma will die in line? They never told the truth about it. Never told the truth. You have to be within a certain number of feet of the polling place for that to count. You can bring stuff with you if you like. No problem there. But again, the media chose to smear Georgia. Carr <clears throat> called the lawsuit a campaign flyer, telling host Tucker Cross that the DOJ is playing politics. Now, the DOJ should not be playing politics, not under a Republican or Democratic administration. Not in the purview of the DOJ to do politics. They are upholding, they are not upholding, excuse me, the rule of law, and this blatantly political lawsuit is legally, factually, and constitutionally wrong. Anybody who looks at our new law can see it improves security and access, improves transparency in Georgia's law, but Democrats don't actually want that, and they didn't actually read the law. They just want to trot out their hater talking points. That was William Teach at Pirates Cove saying that, and he's absolutely correct. Now back to uh, back to Fritz at a view from the beach. Bonshi, I don't know the real name. They write for Red State. 
The DOJ's lawsuit against the Georgia election law is mind-meltingly moronic. And Merrick Garland good and fully jumps the shark with admission on DOJ targeting red states. Now that should raise a red flag that they're only, only targeting states run by Republicans. But there's more. It's actually worse than that. Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland credits the news media for compiling threats to voting rights, quote, in a way that I have to say, frankly, I had not seen before. What's happening is they're using reports, most of which were false, from partisan mainstream news outlets to decide on which states, red states rather, to target with lawsuits. That seems a little out of bounds. It also seems completely antithetical to the mission of the DOJ. When's the last time the DOJ under a Democrat did anything close to what their job was supposed to do? Really, when? Shouldn't they be pursuing lawsuits based on gathered evidence and demonstrated illegality? Not what a talking head on CNN says? Don't tell me they're listening to Brian Stelter. I mean, when he comes out from his bag of donuts to take a breath, he might bark out some conspiracy theory about the Georgia voting law. And here's Merrick Garland's minions out there to write it down and run back to Merrick Garland and say, look, Georgia, bad. Lawsuit, good. Pathetic, my friends. Heck, even general claims by the media that Trump's, that, excuse me, that Georgia's law was quote, voter suppression, and you heard that lie repeatedly. The the left doesn't, and the media, but I repeat myself, doesn't just bomb you with lies. They carpet bomb us with lies. Remember the Russia hoax? How many lies were told by the mainstream media for years, folks, since before Trump even took office? And they still trot them out every once in a while because the truth doesn't matter to the left. It's not valued by the left. The the DOJ apparently brought these lies about voter suppression in Georgia, hook, line, and sinker, as their lawsuit makes wild claims about black people being denied equal ballot access when when that's clearly not true in regards to Georgia's reform law or their system in general. But it doesn't matter because they have a mission, folks. And that mission is to convince you and everyone else that Georgia in every red state is trying to disenfranchise black people. It is a hideous lie. It is bottom-feeding, muckraking lies at the worst they can be. But it's the Democratic Party, which is now controlled The Democrats used to be kind of middle of the road. You think JFK could ever get elected today? No, he wouldn't. He'd be a radical right-wing nutcase. That's how far the Democratic Party has changed. Now, I know a lot of Republicans like to say parties don't change. Yeah, right. Generally, right after they say that the Democratic Party has changed a lot and continues to turn more radical, more left-wing. But parties don't change. That's odd. Republicans get caught on stupid talking points, too. But back to this voting law, there's nothing there. 
There is no there there. And if they really, if they really truly want to fix voting laws to make sure, then fine. I don't care looking into it, looking at the laws and, and raising concerns where they have legitimate concerns. But you look at a state like Georgia and penalize it, want to sue it, want to go after it, and you ignore states like Delaware, Colorado, New York, and others that have more restrictive laws because they're blue states. Blue states are good. Red states are bad. That's pretty much it, my friends, with that. Unbelievable. And as uh, as Bonchi says at Red States, it's a window into how partisan the DOJ has truly become. They are looking to be left-wing activists in every high-level move they make, seeking out what will make the woke happy. Whether that's pushing onerous claims about white supremacy being the country's biggest threat or pushing the idea of voter suppression when there's no evidence of that, Garland is demonstrating exactly what he is. And of course, Garland was the one that uh, Obama wanted to be on the Supreme Court and the, the, the Republicans in a, in a rare moment of, of guts before Trump came into power. Uh, Mitch McConnell and the Democrat and the Republican Senate said it ain't happening. Sorry, you can put it on a shelf. You can talk about it, but it's not happening. And thank God it didn't. But of course, as all these leftist hacks, uh, they always seem to resurface. It's like whack a mole. You whack them over here, they disappear. Then they come back over here, and they're just as radical, just as left wing, and they'll do just as much damage to the country. Now let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, this before we get to the the magazine control fiasco the left has invested in. Othal Wallace, the name ring a bell? It should. This man's been uh, on the news the past what week after shooting a, a Daytona police Daytona Beach police officer in the head and killing him. Uh, Jason Rayner was the officer killed. Othell Wallace is 29. He's a suspect in the shooting. And suspect is putting it lightly. He's been the subject of a manhunt since the incident on Wednesday with Daytona Police uh, Beach Police Department tweeting in the early hours of Saturday that he had been apprehended. The department's chief, Jakari Young, said Wallace was found in a treehouse. A treehouse at a property in a wooded area in Atlanta, Georgia. At a press conference, Young said the property where they found Wallace was associated with a group called the Aryan Nation, maybe. So it has to be a white supremacist group, right? Because President Mumbles said, the Department of Justice say that's the biggest threat to America are white supremacists. When really it's hard to find a white supremacist. It's hard to find anyone that is a racial supremacist and part of a group that could do any damage to anything. Most of them can't find their own, you know what, uh, as the expression goes. But this group was called the not, excuse the French, is coming. I'm just going to say the name because this is about accuracy here. It's called the not fucking around coalition. 
which he described as a paramilitary black nationalist group. I believe this group held a rally at Stone Mountain last year where they were all carrying openly carrying firearms, AR-15s. The media didn't seem to be bothered by that. And they shouldn't because they didn't break any laws, but they were threatening people. They were being intimidating and they were, uh, turns out, harboring trash like this in tree houses. He was reportedly uh, found with rifles, handguns, and several boxes of ammunition with him. There were also weapons found in the main residence. Young said Officer Raynor's handcuffs, that's the officer that was killed by the scumbag, were put on Wallace. He added the investigation was ongoing and think the agency isn't all so far. Wallace obviously is in custody and he uh, faces charges for attempted first-degree murder of a law enforcement officer. And Wallace made a statement at the scene. Wallace said, hey, guys, you guys know who I am. You know what I'm capable of. And it could have been a lot worse. That was the statement. It could have been a lot worse. Well, uh, whatever. I pretend badass, guy who ambushes a cop and just shoots him in the head and leaves him to die. What a scumbag. What an absolute piece of human trash. Human filth. A waste of skin, as I like to say. And Raynor, I must apologize. I was wrong. Raynor is still alive. He was not killed. That is my fault. I apologize for screwing that one up. It's called accountability, CNN, MSNBS, on and on. I can do it. You can do it. And I feel badly. I'll feel badly the rest of the, until I do another podcast, hell, the rest of the week. Every time I think of this, I'll feel bad because I screw that basic fact up. I apologize again. I will do better. And he said there were positive signs of improvements on Officer Raynor. As of right now, his outlook is improving. It's a positive one. We're just going to continue to pray that he continues to heal. Now, there was video footage of the shooting, and it captures the moment Raynor was shot. And basically, it was over nothing. It was just a cop's approaching my car. I feel like uh, getting out and shooting him in the head. Absolutely evil. And it's interesting that this was a black supremacist group. I didn't know there was no such thing. The media never talks about black supremacist groups. In fact, they're very rare. And I believe it was uh, MSN News looked at this and get into some Facebook posts. Man, a lot of people who are supporting this thug, this would-be murderer, and they're supporting black supremacy and violence against whites and, and black paramilitary groups. There's some sick puppies out there, folks. There's a lot of loud mouths on Facebook and other social media that don't mean what they say, but uh, there's some real, real, real bottom feeders out there. You have to be careful. I try to be as careful as I can on Facebook about who I become, quote, friends with. Uh, you know, if if it's a person that's every post is about how the vaccines of a government plot, I, I generally know I'm not going to become friends with that person. If they're if they're constantly just showing pictures of themselves or there's a lot of these I get 
the person has one or two followers. It's some really hot chick, picture of a hot chick, and it's it's some sex thing. I, I of course, don't follow them. God, I'd like to sometimes, but I don't. I don't. I have to be a better angel to my own demons inside or something. I don't know. I'm kidding. But anyway, you have to be careful. And speaking of being careful, shouldn't the media and our current president be be very careful about raising a danger of white supremacist groups when like black supremacist groups there's very very few of them i don't buy them as a legitimate threat there may be a few but there's a few nutcases here there and everywhere the biggest threat to our tranquility the, the biggest reason violence is is rising it's a combination of demoralizing the police talking to funding the police not letting police do their jobs the media trying to stoke racial flames out of every police shooting people who who hear a police officer shot and quote unarmed black suspect taken to the streets immediately it's the the looting the rioting the burning the violence it's that garbage is people not willing to take the time to say, let's see what happened, let's see evidence. And it's people that never let narratives go. All these people gin up hatred. The left has been ginning up hatred in this country uh, at an absolutely unbelievable pace of late. And it's, uh, it's, it's very frightening that so many people so easily get caught up in it. It's one thing to have some rhetoric to, to call people names or to make fun of someone's ideology. Whatever, those are those are things that, whether they're nice or not, or needed or not, don't really foment violence. I've never been a person who says, well, this person said this, and then this some nutcase seven states away went on a shooting spree or stabbed somebody. And I don't believe in blaming that person. That's what the left does to Republicans when we when a Republican or a conservative makes a statement they can find and say, see, see, this is why we should silence them. Uh, I don't believe in that. I never have. Never, ever have. Now let's look at David Chibbin. Uh, Chibbin. I'm making fun of him because if you go to Bearing Arms right now, there's a piece by Tom Knighton. And... <laughs> The name of the uh, blog post is Debunking the Argument of Why Chipman Isn't a Threat. And there's a picture of David Chipman at his uh, at one of the hearings. He was grilled by uh, Ted Cruz. I think Senator Kennedy also went after him pretty hard. And he has this look on his face like he literally, literally is uh, not all there mentally. Of course, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's a smart guy, but his answers, he refused to answer any questions on banning AR-15s for one thing. Would you ban an AR-15 to the guy who might head the ATF? President Mumbles wants this guy to be in charge of that. Well, he wouldn't answer the question. He gave some, well, the definition of blah, blah, blah. Again, non-answer. When you give a non-answer, you're worse than someone who just makes something up to me. Because you know more than you're saying, and you're just lying. And you're expecting people to be stupid enough to believe you. Uh, but as Tom Knighton writes, David Chibbin is a nominee to head the ATF. That's the Al uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. 
Uh, David Shipman is also has also donated a lot of money to Democratic causes. He's actually part of the or was part of the Gabby Giffords gun grabbing group. And he's a big gun control advocate. And of course, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. Shouldn't we shouldn't we not nominate somebody to head that that is is vehemently and and radically and radically to me and adamantly against the Second Amendment? I think we should. Some of his fast statements are frightening, frankly. Yet Democrats continue to defend this man. In their mind, he represents no thought at all. Of course, he doesn't. Not to them, at least. To the rest of us, though, there are serious problems with his nomination. Unfortunately, Dighton writes, some people just don't get it. Take this letter to the editor, which sums up an argument I've seen repeatedly. The letter states the Bureau is charged with combating illegal gun trafficking. Trafficking In the past, Mr. Chipman has taken strong positions in favor of gun safety. That's a key word when someone says gun safety. Your antenna should go up immediately. And Mr. Poliquin finds him objectionable for this reason. But as head of the ATF, Mr. Chipman promises aggressive enforcement of existing laws, precisely what gun rights advocates have repeatedly called for. The problem with that is, of course, you have to believe a radical person, Chipman, will suddenly not be radical. And the issue they're radical on, which now they're basically in charge of for the country, their their radicalism won't enter into their decision-making or what laws are enforced or how they're enforced, etc., Uh, The writer goes on to argue that Congress makes the laws, not the ATF. Yeah, but the ATF can damn sure choose which ones to focus on, which ones to stretch the limit of if they choose to, if there's a person who has radical beliefs in there. Take this tweet from Thursday night and says, the tweet is from, who knows, some guy, extrapolate. Uh, Do you know how ridiculous you sound when you say law-abiding gun owners are the target? No, of course you don't. Law-abiding means just that. Only Congress can change the laws that Chipman would be enforcing. You seriously don't know how any of this works, do you? Yes, we do. We know it's supposed to work, but we know also how it actually works, genius. In theory, it's correct, of course. As Knighton says, But while Congress is supposed to create the laws, supposed to, they sometimes pass the buck on to that. In particular, they created a set of parameters and charged the ATF, which Chippen would be the head of the ATF, with determining whether new products meet those parameters. In other words, he has incredible leeway on what to go after, what to target, what not to target, what to leave alone, what to mess with. And... We've seen this before with bump stocks, pistol braces. In both instances, Knighton writes, the ATF found they did not violate existing laws. Those who've developed these devices then set out to sell them, building production facilities and selling them to tens of thousands of law-abiding gun owners. Then, magically, the ATF decided to change their minds after a single incident, the Las Vegas shooting, In the case of the bump stock, the Boulder King Supers shooting in the case of the pistol brace. 
They were legal products sold to law-abiding citizens, but with the stroke of the pen, these weapons were now considered Class Three weapons under the National Firearms Act and therefore illegal. So Chipman is a threat because of his radicalism. That's why people are afraid of his radicalism, that he will take his views and apply them in this position. And the ATF and who runs it has great leeway. So you can't just say, well, laws are written by Congress, so therefore, <laughs> doesn't work that way, Einstein. Uh, not in the least. Now we're going to get into, I'm going to pause for a minute, go get a little drink of something. Uh, no, not alcoholic. Not while I'm Not while I'm working. Not while I'm working, people. I have standards here. So I'm going to take a little break. We're going to get into the absurdity of magazine bans and magazine limits. And we'll be back with uh, that and a top five. I want to close you out with. I keep promising top fives. I don't deliver. I apologize. Hit me in the head with a wet noodle or something. I don't know. But I'll be back just after this, my friends. And see, I'm back that quick, folks, that quick. Literally, see how fast I can be when I want to be. Let's uh, wrap this podcast up with first the absurdity of magazine bans. Now, they're going to focus on the state of Delaware and, of course, the Democratic Party because they're the idiots who come up with things like magazine bans, magazine limits. Because they know magically how many bullets you need. Why would anyone need 30 rounds to shoot a deer? I wouldn't. If it took me that long, I would never shoot. But you know, when you take a, an evil black assault rifle and you go to a shooting range with it, generally it's a lot more fun if you can put a, take a magazine, not called a clip, it's a magazine. And with 30 rounds, you can shoot 30 rounds and then grab another one and 30 more rounds. And you can, you can, it's a lot easier, a lot more fun to be able to shoot a number of rounds without having to change every 10 rounds, every 10 shots. And it's the same for other quote, high capacity guns, high capacity magazines. You know, I mean, uh, it's a lot easier to take uh, my Springfield Armory and uh, uh, XDM with 19 rounds. That's a better clip. Hell, I don't have to change clips so often. Ah, see, I said clip. Did you catch it? They're magazines. Again, I'm trying to reinforce magazines, not clips, to the gun illiterate out there. But the idea that you only need this type of firearm or you only need this many bullets or you only need to buy this many rounds of ammunition. That's a big one. And of course the left is looking at taxing ammunition, separate background check for ammunition, limiting the ammunition you can buy. It's ridiculous. You know, they think that someone who, who goes online and goes to any number of sites that sells you ammunition and you order a couple thousand rounds of nine millimeter, right? And just, oh my God, look at that man. Well, who needs 2,000 rounds? Well, you're going to the gun range. 
Me, I own three different nine millimeters that the government knows of. Just kidding. But I take those and I, I, you know, you load the magazines. You've got to get some personal defense ammunition for when you're carrying or when it's at home for home defense. Of course, you get the full metal jacket because most of what you're shooting at the range, you want it to be a little less expensive and frangible ammunition. That's hollow points. Personal defense ammunition tends to cost more. So 2,000 rounds, I mean, if I take a couple of my nine millimeters to the range at the same time, I may run, you know, four or 500 rounds through those at a time, maybe 600. After that, I get kind of tired head and I just don't have the, the focus anymore. Uh, but I know people who shoot more. If I went with a friend, I might even have more. So it's not that difficult, not that uncommon to go through a lot of lot of rounds when you're going to the range. And when you're going to the range, you're becoming more and more proficient with your firearm. That's the idea of going to the range. It's fun. It's relaxing. Yes, but it should also be to do training. And, and there's different exercises. I'm not going to get into all that stuff. But uh, Kim Edwards writing it at uh, Bearing Arms ask a question. How many rounds does it take to turn a, quote, standard capacity ammunition magazine into a large capacity magazine? The truth is there is no one answer. California, it's 10 rounds. In New Jersey, it used to be 15 before it was lowered to 10. In Colorado, it's still 15 rounds. And in Delaware, Democrats are arguing amongst themselves over what the definition should be. Earlier this year, the Delaware State Senate approved a bill defining a large capacity magazine as any that can accept more than 17 rounds of ammunition. Now, if you know much about firearms, most uh, 9mm uh, pistols, I would mention 45s, but 45s, I, 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 the magazine's going to hold fewer 45 ACP. They're bigger bullets, so they take up more room. And 9mm is, is such a common use that 17 is about as big as you can get from, from a manufacturer. Uh, I mean, I have a Springfield has a 19-round magazine. comes with two standard, a 13 and a 19. Um, and that's good because you can use the same firearm for uh, home defense as if you carry it. And the same for a Ruger I have. There's a 10 round and a 17 round. Same kind of principle. Uh, the SIG I have, a P320, all the magazines are 15 round. And a two came with a pistol I bought. I went to SIG's website, bought two more. So I now have four. And if I wanted to buy more, this is important. This will come up later in this piece I'm reading from. Aftermarket. Remember those words, aftermarket. All the magazines I bought for my SIG have been from SIG. Period. But you can go online and buy magazines that are made for a specific firearm that hold X number of rounds. So my Ruger has a 17-round magazine. I could buy more if I wanted. 
Maybe I have. It's none of your business. But the Springfield has a 19 round. The SIG has a 15 round. So you can get aftermarket magazines for those pistols. You can buy straight from the manufacturer, obviously. But here's where it gets kind of dicey with some of these laws, and that's why we have to be so careful. Under the terms of the legislation, again, in Delaware, that defines high capacity as anything holding more than 17 rounds of ammunition, every existing gun owner would have to turn in or destroy their large capacity magazines by June 30th of next year or risk facing criminal charges. That's a major problem because these aren't that cheap. They're yours. And basically they've, they've told you that you have, you have no leeway. They're going to force you to get rid of these, destroy them, sell them back, whatever. Uh, turn them into the police. The Delaware State House has now gutted the Senate bill with an amendment that offers up a new definition of large-capacity magazines. And in doing so, they've done an excellent job of demonstrating just how silly and subjective these bans really are. The House measure was approved on a 24-16 vote and sent to the Senate. It criminalizes the possession while committing a felony of an aftermarket magazine that increases the design capacity of a firearm standard magazine. A person accused of possessing a prohibited aftermarket magazine while committing a felony would be subject to a separate felony charge punishable by between two and 25 years in prison. It's a hell of a big gap. The legislation also outlaws, except in certain circumstances, the sale or transfer of a handgun that exceeds 20 rounds or a rifle magazine holding more than 30 rounds. Again, kind of the standard for the AR-15 is 30 rounds. That's the magazines that most people buy for the AR. They make 10, they make 20, they make hot, bigger ones too, but 30 is kind of the, the most common one that I've seen uh, and that I have is, is 30 round magazines for ARs. Uh, I think 20 rounds is, is, is common for the AR-10, which no one ever talks about. It's exactly like the AR-15. It's a higher caliber. It's, it's chambered for 308 or 7.62 if you use the, the European, the millimeter. But it it's, holds a bigger round, so a magazine, obviously, roughly the same size is going to hold fewer. Mag fewer. Uh, it's based on the 30 caliber, the AR-15 is based on 22 caliber. Hence the 308 or the 223. A person accused, again, two to 25 years of legislation also outlaws, except in certain circumstances, magazines to be sold or transferred if they hold more than 20 rounds for a pistol, 30 for a, a uh, rifle. It does not, however, prohibit the possession of aftermarket magazines exceeding those capacities by people who already own them. So one bill says they're bad, bad, bad. You can't have them at all. You can have them for a year. They're so bad you can keep them for a year, but you can't have them after that. The other one says they're bad, real bad, but you can keep them. If you already got them, you can keep them forever if you want. 
The <coughs> term for that is grandfathered. Uh, they will be grandfathered. You're still allowed to use it lawfully, uh, said a representative who, uh, <coughs> good Lord. Where do these names come from? Okay. Pronunciation. Your host here. Uh, representative Namande Chikawala. I'm sorry. Chikwahoha. I'm sorry. I butchered last name. I am sorry for that. Uh, who is the author of the House Amendment and chief house sponsor of the original Senate bill. I mean, this, these, some of these names, they're harder to pronounce than if you're watching a lot of uh, hockey players from Europe, especially Eastern Europe. Good Lord. The last name will be 17 letters long and have one vowel in the middle somewhere. And you're supposed to figure out, and then you hear the person who knows how to pronounce it, pronounce it, and you go, how the hell do you get that pronunciation from that spelling? I don't know. Those Eastern European people are crazy. The amendment approved by the House makes it absolutely clear that the phrase large capacity is a completely subjective term. That's the whole point of this. It's a completely subjective because this, under the House language, 17-round magazine that comes standards with Glocks would be fine, but if you purchased an, quote, aftermarket magazine of 17 rounds for your Taurus G2C, which comes standard with a 10 or 12 round magazine, you'll be committing a crime. See? Now, if my Ruger makes 17 round magazine, an aftermarket magazine for my Ruger of 17 rounds would be fine. But an aftermarket magazine for uh, my specific model of the SIG, the 3P20C, they don't come with, they come with a 17-round magazine. That'd be fine. You see where it goes? But if I had a Taurus, which I, I have had in the past, that didn't have that capacity, it was 10 rounds or 12 rounds, somebody makes a 17-round magazine that fits it, no, 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 that would be a violation. That would be a felony. Completely subjective. The number means nothing. It's just politicians who don't know what they're doing, putting numbers out there to try to, try to be able to thump their chest, pat themselves on the back, and say, see what we did? We got tough on gun crime. Uh, the Senate bill would have outlawed the vast majority of legally owned magazines in the state and even admitted that the bill would have impacted the Second Amendment rights of residents, which he claims wasn't the intention behind the legislation. Uh, that's from Representative, I can't pronounce his last name, by the way. He says, we're targeting individuals who are committing crimes with these magazines, not lawful individuals. It's one that respects the Second Amendment rights as well as Delaware constitutional rights of gun owners, he said. Well, we'll see. I can't accept, Cam Edwards writes, that his intention is to target criminals and not law-abiding citizens. But the bottom line is that even under this amendment, it still won't make it a crime to simply purchase and possess ammunition magazines of a certain size and even criminalizes a transfer of these magazines between two lawful individuals. So no, the bill isn't just targeting individuals who are committing violent crimes while using magazines banned by the bill. Unbelievable. See how confusing it gets when they start throwing their terms in like aftermarket. Well, yes, yeah, so that's an aftermarket magazine, and it fits your 
Smith and Wesson model, whatever, but it holds more rounds than the standard issue. It's it's again mind-numbingly stupid, folks. And again, Cam Newton makes a great point here. Why should an arm robber who uses an aftermarket 17-round magazine face more prison time than an armed robber who uses a stolen Glock with a factory-issued 17-round magazine? The real issue here is the armed robbery, not the tool that was used in the commission of a crime. Amen. To me, you catch somebody committing armed robbery, there should be a set penalty. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, violent crime that truly harms other people, you you might really, we have to, I think, look at at least putting these people away forever. The first time. Rapists, child molesters, uh, kidnapping, attempted murder, first degree, second degree murder. Any deliberate act where you violently try to take someone's life, you violate them in a way like rape or child molestation, anything like that. Uh, that has to be done, I think. Uh, and you have to shore up some laws, maybe rewrite them so you don't get an odd situation that, that some DA can find and to meet the criteria. Uh, because some, some of the DAs we have in America, most are great, obviously, but some are just political animals that they don't really care. And they use their own personal agenda sometimes, I think. And again, this bill in Delaware, as, as Edwards points out, the House version is less bad. It's less awful than the Senate version, but it still doesn't make it a good bill. It still doesn't mean it's beneficial. The real issue is the approach that lawmakers are taking to try to fight violent crime. Focusing on the object they use is not the way to get it done, as opposed to the individual committing the crime. The way you commit the act is almost more important than the act itself. That can't be the tool you use. That's like making it more legal if you stab somebody with a knife with a seven-inch blade than a six-and-a-half-inch blade. That's that's bad. Not good, my friends. Not good. Now, the top five I came up with during my little break where I drink some diet orange sun-kissed. I came up with this, and and I know a lot of people are Fox News fans, and there's a lot of good in Fox News. I've never considered Fox News to be this conservative site or conservative news outlet. It does a better job than the alphabet soup media, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBS, CNN, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. It does a better job than all those hacks. And there is some conservative bent to Fox News, not nearly as as heavy to the right as CNN and others are to the left, period. But what five things could improve Fox News, according to me? And really, that's the only, only opinion you need is mine. Let's be honest, folks. Here's some people they should get rid of, first and foremost. Get rid of Juan Williams, please. We took him off the five. That's good. That makes him more watchful because the buffoon never has a legitimate answer for anything. He frustrated the hell out of Gutfeld and Jesse Waters with the Ross Geller haircut from Friends. He never has a good answer. 
The conservative will make a good point about whatever they're discussing. Then they go to Juan for his opinion. Well, uh, I think that, uh, and then he comes out with some inanities that absolutely make no sense. Don't address the point. He seems like a really nice guy. I hate to pick on him. I mean that. But come on, just ditch the bum, okay? He doesn't add anything. Number two. Uh, this character, Leo Terrell, I used he used to be on Hannity, and my big knock on Hannity is he had, seems to have the same four guests constantly. Hannity's almost the same show all the time. He's kind of like uh, Rachel Maddow's show, except he has sane people on his show, and he's sane, unlike Rachel Maddow, who's a legitimate uh, tinfoil hat-wearing nutcase. But Leo Terrell used to come on and rant and rave and scream, and he was unwatchable. Now, suddenly, he's Leo Terrell 2.0, and he's got a hat that looks like a MAGA hat, and he's a Trump supporter, and this, and Fox News is shoving him down our damn throats every five minutes. No, get rid of him. He's a flake. He's doing it for publicity. You can't believe a word he said because he's saying things that are exact opposite of what he said back then. Number three, Fox. Number three, and most importantly of all these, tell the mustachioed douchebag, the fake tough guy, Geraldo Rivera, there's the door, Geraldo. Could you walk out the door, please, Geraldo? Okay, Geraldo, I'm going to ask you to shut the door. Then have a note, held up to the glass door that says, Geraldo, you're fired. Get the out don't come back the guy offers nothing what do you do he 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 gets into debates with dan bongino i don't know if it's staged or not but bongino cleans his clock ideologically and Gerardo the other night just he just turned his chair around so all the camera would show was the back of Gerardo's head i'm sure that uh maybe the view of the back of his head is why he's working for fox i don't know but the point is the guy offers nothing He's obnoxious. He's just sleazy. Geraldo should have his own network, maybe. Uh, just doing shirtless selfies from the shower or something. Maybe he and Anthony Weiner could have a show. It could be called, Can You Picture This? But anyway, get rid of him. Get rid of him. That's the first three. That's five, four, and three. I think with Geraldo, Geraldo being the, the absolute worst. A couple additions. Don't blame. Don't bring Donna Brazil or Marie Harf back again. Worthless commentary. They, they're not even. They're just. Bleh. You know they're lying. You know Marie Harf was dumber than a brick. Nothing they said ever ever mattered. Ever made sense. Ever raised any raised any cogent points. But the top two, two people you need to give their own show. It took you forever. People at Fox to give Gutfeld his show. Take Will Kane off the morning show on the weekends. Okay, take him off there. Give him his own primetime show. Whatever time slot Martha McCallum has, maybe. Nothing against Martha McCallum. I'm not suggesting Fox should fire her. Seems like a really nice lady, very intelligent, a lot of respect for Martha McCallum. But as a host, Someone as pretty as her should not have negative charisma. She's just boring. 
Give the time slot to Will Kane. The man's good. He's good. And finally, number one, the most important thing you could do, you go and have primetime shows, good. To get, find a time slot somewhere. And make sure you give a show to Katie Pavlich. She filled in for somebody a couple, three months ago. I don't even know who she filled in for. But for five nights, I had never watched that time slot on Fox. I watched every one. And I know, I, I can hear you all say, yeah, because she's hot. You've got a crush on her. Okay, whatever. She is very attractive, yes. She's also married. so And she's way too young for me. And she could probably outshoot me to gun range, which would embarrass me. But anyway, the fact is, she is entertaining, charismatic, insightful. And the, the content of that show was so rewarding to watch. See, I like longer segments. I think Tucker Carlson does a really good job of actually informing people, having guests on, debating them with them, arguing with them whatever, letting them present their side. I think he does a wonderful job. I think Katie Pavlich is even better than Tucker Carlson. Okay, probably because she has nicer legs. I actually don't know. Tucker may have great legs, but I don't want to see them. Okay, Tucker, so that wouldn't be ratings boost for you. Uh, there's a couple more people out there I would love to see more on Fox. Mark Stein is incredibly entertaining when he fills in. Uh, Pete Dominich from the Federalist also does a really good job. Uh, very entertaining people. And you can be entertaining and informative. It's not an either or. It's not like you have an informative person who's as boring as polishing stainless steel. And then you have someone who's really vibrant and has charisma and is entertaining, but they don't inform you of anything. That's what you should do, Fox, the five things. And as an added bonus, yes, you should make me a, probably a semi-permanent anyway. On a trial basis, I'll even work for free on the five or the Gutfeld show. My only request, either Emily Compagno or Katie Pavlich is on the show at the same time. I'd work for free under those circumstances. I'm just trying to help you out, Fox. I'm just trying to bring up some fresh perspective to your show fresh vibrant exciting yeah i think those words describe me perfectly anyway friends thank you for listening i do appreciate it again i apologize for not getting all the information on on the daytona police officer uh who was shot thank god he is not dead and i pray for his speedy recovery and the demise somehow the scumbag that shot him in the head would be wonderful news too uh, yes, I do believe celebrating the death of evil people is a moral thing. Prove me wrong, folks. If you want to support this podcast, it's better than anything PPS has. And if PPS can ask you for money, so can I. Go to thedailygator.com. You could give a one-time contribution. First post on, on the blog. It's a sticky post. Just uh, donate what you what you will and what you want to. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And if you want to do a monthly continuing ongoing subscription with a donation, you can do that at Anchor, where this, this podcast is hosted. It also appears on Spotify, 
I think uh, Google Podcasts and and several others. Uh, so I think there's six or seven that Anchor hooks you up with immediately. Great, great thing Anchor is. So you can catch the the podcast several places. I appreciate it uh, if you listen. But you can donate on a monthly basis at Anchor Doug Hagen dot Anchor, and you can find it there. And this is a 70th edition. And again, anytime you listen, morning, noon, night, I appreciate it. Pass it around, spread the word around. Not doing it to get rich, but if I get rich doing it, I'm not going to complain. I also take uh, white envelopes, stuff with cash, back porch, under the welcome mat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a little, little spot there right behind the snow shovel. Why do I have a snow shovel out on in the summer? Don't ask. It's a long story. But thank you, my friends, for listening. Remember the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And go Gators. And by the way, Tampa Bay Lightning, tomorrow night, game one with the Montreal Canadiens. Four wins from a repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Let's go Lightning. Let's go Bolts. Take care, my friends. I appreciate it. Y'all be good. Behave. And be conservative. It's so fulfilling. Take care, my friends.